You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 45. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. I'm so glad that you chose to join me today. Today we're interviewing my friend Marcel Pick. Marcel is a nurse practitioner who is famous. Um, She has several wonderful books. She has spent a lifetime dedicated to women's health and I'd like to tell you a little bit about her. Marcel Pick, NP, is passionate about transforming the way women experience healthcare through an integrative approach. She co-founded the world-renowned Women to Women Clinic in 1983 with the vision to not only treat illness, but also help support her patients in proactively making healthier choices to prevent disease. She has successfully treated thousands of individuals through her unique approach to wellness. In 2001, Marcel created MarcelPick.com with a goal to be able to reach, inspire, and educate even more women worldwide than her and her website worldwide. Her website offers informative articles on women's health issues and at-home solutions to some of the most troublesome symptoms they experience today. I know that she's probably one of the most prolific writers I know on women's health, so you'll want to check it out. Marcel discovered functional medicine early on in her career and was honored to be among the first to be certified as a functional medicine practitioner. In addition, she holds a BS in nursing from the University of New Hampshire School of Nursing, a BA in psychology from the University of New Hampshire, and her MS in nursing from Boston College Harvard Medical School. She is certified as an OBGYN nurse practitioner and a pediatric nurse practitioner, and she's a member of the American Nurses Association and the American Nurse Practitioner Association. Marcel is currently an educator with the Institute of Functional Medicine and has served as a medical advisor to Healthy Living Magazine, writes a weekly newsletter for MarcelPick.com, and lectures on a variety of topics, including weight loss resistance, infertility, stress and illness, and adrenal dysfunction. She is the author of The Core Balance Diet, Is It Me or My Adrenals? And also, Is It Me or My Hormones? And she's appeared on Dr. Oz, Fox, and ABC, and has been featured in Glamour Magazine, Elle Magazine, and Women's World Magazine. Marcel's PBS show, Is It Me or My Hormones? is a favorite among viewers. Welcome, Marcel Pick. Hi, nice to be here. So glad to have you and so excited to talk about, is it me or my adrenals? I know people, women hear all the time about when they have a hot flash, is it hot in here or is it me? And so with adrenals, it's kind of like, is everybody tired or is it just me? Right. 
So what are the symptoms that women have when they have adrenal problems? So, you know, what's interesting is that in our culture right now, unfortunately, we have a problem in that adrenals are not considered an issue. And what that means is that if you don't have Cushing syndrome, which is very high cortisol, mm -hmm. very low cortisol, which is low adrenal function, like President Kennedy had, then we say, look, you're normal and you're just tired, you're getting older. And that drives me crazy. And the reality is that we are so bombarded in our culture with so much to do as women. Um, we have, many people have children, they have jobs, they have relationships, they have friends, they have aging parents. And oftentimes they had a childhood perhaps that was perhaps even a little bit strenuous or stressful. And you put all those things together and there's a point in time in which the body just says with one, in particular for many people, it's with one episode, either it's perimenopause or it's a, a life event that happens or it's a friend that dies or there's an accident or you get fired or something happens and they come in my office going, I can hardly get out of bed. I am so tired. Or they even are perimenopausal and start having hot flashes. I never had them before until something happened. And then they can't manage it. It's like this small little thing. They have road rage. They're screaming and yelling and so upset. And then they can't get out of bed or they can't fall asleep at night. And they're tired, but they can't go to sleep. All of those can be related to adrenal dysfunction. Now, what's interesting is that when we think about the adrenals, and I love talking about it, as you can tell, because adrenals, unfortunately, play a huge role in everything. When the adrenals are off, our hormones get off, our digestive system gets off, it affects how our thyroid works, it affects how blood sugar is regulated, it affects fluid retention, because that's what the adrenals do, and it affects our immune system. So you might see people that have been fine, 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 and all of a sudden they have an autoimmune disorder, and it comes after years of stress. So the adrenals, they're so important, but our conventional world doesn't talk about them in that way. It's either you have a problem or you don't. Well, there's a lot of gray in between, and a lot of stress in between, and it causes very, very significant problems for people. Yeah. If blood work is normal, and everything in the thyroid is normal, oftentimes it can be adrenals. Can you help everyone understand, because I really try to help patients understand, they say, well, why doesn't my regular doctor talk to me about this? And I think it can't be said enough to, about that. Why regular mainstream physicians don't discuss adrenal issues. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So the, the problem I think that we have in conventional medicine right now is they're so busy. You know, my daughter's in med school or a program to get into med school and mm -hmm. she's taking all the med school classes and I'm, I'm blown away at how much they expected these kids at this age. And what they're learning is a lot of these pieces, but they're not taking it to the next level, which is what we really need to understand for someone, not only what their diagnosis is, but we need to understand what caused that problem to begin with. <laughs> Somebody's coming in for fatigue, and all their labs are normal, and their thyroid's normal. Well, then it's just depression. You're depressed. Let's get you on an antidepressant. It's like, no, but I'm not depressed. There's something else wrong. We don't, in our culture consider adrenal dysfunction or stress to be causing problems, and it's huge. So I think some of the, and the answer to your question, I think some of it's time, 
And I think in medicine, we're always looking for a diagnosis and therefore a treatment. And they mean well. They're, they're in the business of trying to help people. But when you have to see, you know, 40 people in a day or 30 people in a day, it's, it, you have to kind of get going and figure out what's going on. So from my perspective, if you don't understand functional medicine, which is what I practice, the cause of the cause, you're never going to be able to help people get better, which is the goal, no matter how old you are. Right. And I always say there's no drug to treat adrenal dysfunction unless you have Cushing's or Addison's. You're in that top or bottom 2.5%. And so that's why we don't really see it addressed in mainstream medicine. But I call it king cortisol, talking about the adrenal glands because it's so vital to health. So those are some of the symptoms people may have. And and I'll, I'll have women say, well, I didn't have this before. I always call menopause the straw that broke the camel's back because usually they have don't you find that cortisol is kind of creeping up, ab abnormal? And then here comes menopause. Well, there's another mm -hmm. part to it as well, and that is uh -huh. stress for a long time. Our body makes from cholesterol, we make the sex hormones. Mm -hmm. If you have too much stress year after year after year, it's making cortisol all along. And because the adrenals then have to kick in a little bit of the production, not much, but a little of the production of the hormones, and we have an enzyme called 17 lyase that actually blocks the conversion to the sex hormone. So what happens then is people are lower in their hormone levels. Then they hit menopause. It's like, oh, my God, what happened? Mm -hmm. And so the body can't adjust to that anymore because it can't, can't catch up. And you're absolutely right. We have such a problem in our culture now with high cortisol levels. People are just overwhelmed because their lives are overwhelming. And we don't really support them in figuring out so how do we have a dance and balance of this because there is no balance to many people. Right. And then so what do you suggest to women who think they might have a cortisol problem, but they're not getting it addressed at their regular doctor? How do you think they should proceed? And I guess you talk about that in your book. I do. Mm -hmm. well, there's many ways to do it, but the first place to help is to find out what their adrenal levels look, look, look like. So I do cortisol levels, and I do in saliva, and I do them at first when you wake up, then half an hour later, then at noon, then in the afternoon, then at midnight. So I have an idea about what that rhythm looks like, because it should be high in the morning and low at night. Mm -hmm. And if they're off, then I can see how I can address that for them. And then the other part is, you know, I can't help their stress. None of us can change what we have as stressors. Many times, sometimes you can. But sometimes it's a matter of really looking at what do you need to do differently in your life to decrease how you react to that stress. That's mm -hmm. is how do we get you to respond differently? Is it meditation? Is it hypnosis? Is it yoga? Is it, you know, what is it that you fit in? It doesn't have to be hours. It's just a little bit of time to get the body into parasympathetic, not always in the alarm response. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you work with them on their gut health too? Oh, my God. <laughs> If we don't have a healthy gut, we don't have anything. I was just reading, I'm getting ready to teach for the Institute of Functional Medicine in July, and we're doing the hormone module, so we're all really participating. What's the newest research? Mm -hmm. And they have a huge study in China looking at the actual vaginal flora, and does that translate into health? And it does. So we know more than we've ever known before that the microbiome, the gut bacteria, the environment of the digestive system affects every system in the body you know, from the way that we think to depression to immune system to immune function. So I'm always looking at the whole piece to the puzzle um, because it plays so beautifully into what's going on for their energy as well as their adrenals.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you advise people with um, probiotics? I'd just be interested because a lot of people listening probably know that they should take probiotics for their gut health. But there, I think there is a lot of confusion among women as to how much, what kinds, same kind all the time, or do they have to rotate them and how they should manage that? What would you recommend? Well, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. I think a lot of people don't understand how the flora gets so disrupted. Ah, good question. For a, uh, a vaginal delivery, you're going down the birth canal, and you're inhaling the bacteria from your mom. So if your mom had problems with digestion, more than likely you're going to as well because you didn't have the balance in the gut that you needed. By age two, the flora is pretty much set. So if you've already had antibiotics and you had ear infections or whatever you had, one dose of antibiotic puts you back years, much less a seven-day treatment. So we've already got an imbalance, perhaps, and then we add that to the puzzle, and we need to then get the gut a little bit healthier. There are many different probiotics available to people. I'm not so much concerned about the amount, although billions is helpful. I'm much more interested in, is the company a pharmaceutical-grade company? Mm-hmm. So if it's one that needs to be refrigerated, did it come cold to you? And did you get it cold? And was it cold when they got it? One. Or what's the company that's perhaps using, because there are a couple on the market that I use now that are actually made and they don't have to be refrigerated. A couple of different practitioners are doing that. But here's the key. We use that as an example. We'll try this. And I usually rotate the probiotics, and I do three months of one, three months of another, and they mm-hmm. may go back to the original three months. But the question for you is, is it making you feel better? If you feel more bloated or uncomfortable, it clearly, even though it's got everything it needs in it, it clearly is not one that works for you. You should feel comfortable. You should notice a difference. You should be able to see, yeah, it's really making a difference with my digestive system. Isn't that amazing? Instead of, I'm taking it because I'm supposed to. That doesn't work. Right. So probiotics are key with gut health, and yeah, you should definitely feel better, not worse on it. What other kinds of treatments do you have people do if they're having gut health problems that you think are contributing to their adrenal dysfunction? Yeah, so um, oftentimes it can be foods that you're reacting to that can be causing problems. Celiac Mm -hmm. is a huge problem. In my area, Lyme's a big problem because we have many chicks Mm -hmm. You're going to be looking at those things because they viruses and infections can absolutely cause the adrenals to be problematic. And in terms of the digestive system, I just saw a parasite, somebody with a parasite today that can cause problems, or an overgrowth of candida, or even SIBO, overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestines. Mm-hmm. Anything that's really disrupting the flora of the gut, so people are tired or they don't feel well or they're bloated all the time, those are not normal. And 80% of females, unfortunately, have some of those symptoms. So trying to figure out what's the problem and what do we need to do about it. Right. So definitely starting with salivary cortisol testing if you're having these symptoms is something that you want to do if you're listening and you're having those symptoms. And it could be that you're tired in the morning even though you slept a full night or you want to nap in the afternoon or you can't fall asleep or stay asleep. Those are oftentimes issues. Weight is also a huge problem with people who have adrenal dysfunction, and I know that that's something that you're particularly interested in. Would you like to help people understand how that plays into weight problems? So unfortunately, as a culture, what we say to women is, number one, you're going to gain five pounds every year as you get older, which is absolutely not true. 
Number two, you're going to get gain weight in menopause, and that's just how it is. You just have to get used to it. And thirdly, that you probably, if you're overweight, you're eating too much food. Now, there are people that do that, and the reasons that I see in my practice that people gain weight are adrenals being a huge one, problems with the adrenals, pregnancy, perimenopause, and people that are overeating. But there are many, many women that come into my office that say, Marcel, I've, I'm weighing and measuring everything. I'm working out. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing Zumba. I'm, you know, and all this. And I'm like, slow down. Let's kind of cut back on the exercise and let's look at adrenal function. Because when the body thinks that there's an alarm going on, that there's mm-hmm. spike going on, it will reserve and preserve every single calorie. It will bar none. You can be doing a thousand calories a day and the body goes, oh, okay, well, this is fight flight. I need to protect myself and you won't lose any weight. Now there's ways that I do in my practice to get around that, but usually I support the adrenals first and then we might make, you know, I might use a homeopathic with them to really kind of reset that hypothalamus and that works very, very well. But you have to understand and be gentle with yourself because so many women are beating themselves up. You know, what? I'm doing something wrong. I must be eating my sleep or what is the problem here? <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong. It's really instead an issue with the body's had too much stress for too long and it's in fight flight all the time. Right. And, and I help people understand, and it sounds like you do too, that the, the diet and exercise, you can make yourself crazy and not lose any weight because if you're not addressing the root causes, as we do in functional medicine, with the hormone balance, toxicity, nutritional deficiency, then you can make it worse. When I have seen people um, exercise, over-exercise, and then they set off that stress response. So you like a homeopathic. I love homeopathics to help with that as well. What are some tips that, other tips that you might help women with who are struggling with weight issues and think they have adrenal problems? So, so, you know, some, the question for many of us is, do we snack in between meals? And I think for many people, intermittent fasting can kind of really get them out of that snacking need. Mm-hmm. For me, it's really... It, really dependent upon how you feel when you make these changes. Some people do incredibly well with intermittent fasting. Some people don't do well with intermittent fasting. Some people are astounded at, oh, I took gluten out of my diet and dairy, and the weight is just starting to come off. So it can be many, many factors associated along with the adrenals as well. It's really pinpointing for that particular person what is their, what is their trigger. Now, there's also something that I've started to, to do a lot more in my practice, and a lot of times, a lot of the trauma and the stress that we have catches up with us in menopause. What I say to women is menopause is a journey of self-discovery. Who am I? What am I going to do for the second half of my life? How did I get here? And, oh, what are some of the things I shoved under the carpet for all those years? <laughs> they come up for women. And many times it's trying to look at what some of those issues are and sometimes cognitive therapy is not the answer it's doing some type of body work around those issues because if they happened early in childhood they oftentimes are not part of the you know frontal cortex which is the adult brain but part of the amygdala which is the immature brain so there's many different tools that we can use and and i guess the biggest thing i want to say to women out there is you do not have to keep this as an issue and our culture doesn't do that for women. We keep on saying, well, go to, you know, this diet program or that diet program where you mm-hmm. have bonbons in the corner. And it's just not true. They're not. But we have to figure out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and one size doesn't fit all, usually. Yeah. 
it's very customized and uh, a lot of those imbalances that have been accruing throughout life really peak sometimes by the time you hit menopause uh, and it really is a time to pause and take care of yourself is what I try to help people understand. It's not an inconvenience. It's a, it's a call to a larger life, really. Absolutely. Don't you think? Oh, my God. So, so true. Absolutely. And, you know, the other part to the puzzle is trying to figure this all out. I do genetic profiles now on my patients after they've done the weight loss program. And I'm looking then genetically as what food plan do I need them on long term? Are they Mediterranean? Are they balanced? Are they low carb? Are they uh, low fat? Because you're so right. There's no, it's impossible that one, that keto works mm-hmm. for everyone or that Mediterranean works for everyone or that low carb works. It just, it isn't true. So it's trying to figure out what it is that person needs. And that's when people start to kind of put the whole puzzle together and feel amazing. That's the goal. Well, I'm curious about that genetic testing. I'm sure everybody else is. What kind of testing do you do for that? There's a company called Pathway Fit in California. Obviously, it's a saliva profile. What I love about this program is that I integrated into, I have a 12-week weight loss program, and I don't have anybody to date that's not lost 20 pounds in the six weeks to do the program. Um, And then if they have a lot of weight to lose, I'll do that genetic profile so I know how to get them on the other side. But with that, I also find out, are they someone that has something called food desire, that they'll go across town to get a particular food? Are they someone that does use food for comfort? Do they have the propensity to gain the weight back? Then I can design a program for them to give them the understanding about now what do we do? We've got the weight off. We worked really hard to get it off. How do I keep it off forever? How do I really transform me so I never go back to where I was before? And that genetic profile has been a, you know, I've been using it since, I don't know, 2009, long time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so you have a very busy life. I I was saying in the introduction that you're the most prolific writer I know in women's health, and you just really have created a wonderful library for people everywhere, for women everywhere, on healing themselves naturally, understanding what's going on with their bodies. And I imagine that your life is extremely full. What are some things that you do to manage stress in your life so it doesn't affect your health? I dance. I'm a ballroom dancer. So I do uh, Latin dancing. I dance usually four times a week. I do Latin dancing for two hours on Tuesdays, sometimes two hours on Saturdays. I do ballroom as well. Mm -hmm. I travel to New Hampshire or to Massachusetts to do ballroom, and that's usually three or four hours. Mm -hmm. And then I also do Argentine tango. So I really have a wide variety of dance. And when you're dancing, it's a meditation. You cannot think of anything else. It's your trip or your partner. And I compete for it as well. So that's what I do for myself. So that's your secret. <laughs> I love to dance too. I do love to dance. It's great. That's wonderful. And then what about on a, other things that you might do? Do or Are you a meditator? I think I find that women always want to know, well, what do you do? And it really helps them to touch inside themselves and see what might resonate that they might want to try. Yeah. Um, I have a mat at home that's pulsed elect, um, electromagnetic fields, and I lie on that mat every day, and I meditate every day, usually once or twice a day. Um, I also live on the ocean, so I'm um, outside 
a lot. I have 11 acres of land, so I'm very much part of that as well. And um, I also love the work that I do. I think it makes a difference. I have an environment that around me that's mm -hmm. beautiful, probably very similar to you. And I'm learning to set limits. I'm starting to be more creative about my days. And I'm in masterminds, you know, with other people that are like-minded to really help me be accountable for my own personal growth. I do that almost every year. Yeah, yeah, the, I really have created my life so that it is peaceful versus when I practiced OBGYN and delivered babies and did surgery and was at the hospital all hours of the night. And uh, my when I first discovered functional medicine and did a salivary cortisol, I had a flat line. Right, what a surprise. Well, no wonder I weighed 240-some pounds and slept all the time, and I, I had <laughs> fibromyalgia and was depressed and anxious, um, but I've really created my life now around peace and serenity and, <laughs> and self-care, and uh, I always say that my patients will know if I'm walking the walk or not, and so I really do that. That is so important. I mean, I say that to people all the time, that I can't teach you if I'm not taking care of myself. I just think it's, and I see it in medicine all the time, it's for, we don't see it at the functional medicine meeting so much, which is interesting. But when I go to other conventions, I'm looking around going, oh my God, these people are so stressed out. And if I'm going to teach somebody, if I'm not doing it myself, I'm really walking that talk, I have no business telling other people what to do. I just don't. That's my biased perspective. But. No, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. So what do you think is most important for people to know about um, caring for their adrenal health? So we talked about gut health. We talked about managing your stress. We talked about infections that they could have, Lyme and co-infections. We're going to tackle that in another episode in a more detail, chronic viral infections. What are some things for the care and feeding of adrenals going forward for women? So one of my pet peeves, and I'm going to get into the area that I'm so interested in as well, is that um, are you familiar with the Adverse Childhood Event Study? Do you know that? Absolutely. Means? Very passionate about it. Yeah. So am I. And I think that is a culture we don't talk about it enough, which is that about 50% of the population has a score of four or more on that, on that scale. And, and for those that don't know what it is, I'll explain it. There was a study that was done in 1998 by uh, Kaiser Permanente and the CDC together looking at 19,000 men and women. And they wanted to look, because I interviewed Folletti before, and he did not expect the outcome that he had. They wanted to look to see if you had adverse events in your childhood, a military you know, parent, a parent that wasn't home often, you didn't feel loved, a single parent, a parent that died, certainly physical and sexual abuse, and even words that were abusive. If you had a score of four or more on that scale, your chances of having suicide were 1,200% higher, heart disease 165% higher, kidney disease, lung disease, autoimmune issues, cancer. And now in the research, I'm getting ready to teach for IFM in July, so we're all very interested in what's the newest research. There is so much now that we're starting to understand the association between that kind of stress and cancer and autoimmune disorders and kidney disease. So part of what I am interested in doing is not only looking at present-day stress, but looking at what happened in years before, because so many of us still carry that pain with us in the words that we use for ourselves, in the conversations that we have in our heads. And if that doesn't shift, 
I can treat people till I'm blue in the face with adrenals, but they don't get better. And I'm treating them over and over again until they forgive themselves or till they heal that wound. Or, and there's many ways to do it. And it, it oftentimes requires body work because it's often earlier in the childhood. And the, you know, cord the cortisol goes up because the frontal cortex, even though they're in therapy, is still being, um, not being held right. because it's the amygdala that's responding. So I've become very passionate about that in my practice that we have to ask those questions. And I do the ACE score in my office, which is, you know, where are mm -hmm. you at? And I'm, I'm blown away. And so I interviewed Folletti, and I said to him, why is this not on the front page of the New York Times? I, I don't get this. I, uh... And then he said to me, which I love, he said, off the record. I said, well, okay. Then we'd have to look in the mirror ourselves. Oh, my God. So true. So, so true. It's being accountable, you know, from the perspective of we all have lives that are not always the greatest. It's what we do and how we turn that around. And I give people so much hope then because, okay, so let's find out. Okay, so fine. That's what it was. How do we get you to the other side with hypnosis or, you know, EFT tapping, mm -hmm. or EMDR, or some of the amazing trauma work that's being done now to get you feeling amazing on the other side of this? Yeah, that's huge. I, I um, when I first started practicing functional medicine, um, I had dramatic health changes. My patients had dramatic health changes, but what I found was that there were about a third of the people would pick up the tools, take them, their health transformed. They never looked back. Another third could never pick up the tools, and the last third would pick them up for a while and then drop them. And I really started looking at these issues from the ACE study and what was going on and realizing, and also realizing for myself, that there were issues related to adverse childhood events, and that's what stopped us from using the tools. And uh, it's really something that I've become very passionate about also. And it, it's interesting, but you're right. Why is the reason, what is the reason that we don't talk about it? It's like the great American secret that we swept under the floor. You know, why do we have an addiction problem? Why do we have these issues? Well, because adverse childhood events. No question. I was at a conference uh, in Boston at Harvard, and they were giving a conference, and it was all about, you know, um, postpartum issues and blah, blah, blah. And then they were talking about the opioid issue. So yeah. I said, is it, you know, is anybody doing an ACE score on these people before they have a high ACE score? It's probably not a good idea to put them on opioids. They didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, my God. So I've got a problem here. There's a woman whose name is Marissa Peer, and she's part of the Mind Valley group, and she does the most amazing hypnosis healing some of those wounds. So for people that might be interested in looking her up, she's magnificent, probably one of the best I've ever, ever heard. So that's another avenue to be able to access that inner child to heal some of the things that happen, especially when we're younger. So yeah, that, that's a great tool. And then Nick Ortner has the tapping solution. And what other resources do you love to uh, send for people who have have practitioners around here that are actually uh, for that are therapists that are doing very deep EFT with patients. Mm -hmm. They're doing it on Zoom. I also use EMDR, and for some people, it's polarity and body work. As long as they have an ability to be able to understand the connection to that and how to heal that issue, 
Um, but anything that's related to the body, I think, does much better for many of these people after they've done some therapy and kind of understood the connections. It makes the biggest difference in terms of trying the adrenals around. And when you say body work, is there a particular type, or are you talking about massage? What type in particular? Feldenkrais, any of those that really kind of activate what's going on. And what I, I say to all of my patients is, you know, um, we store a lot of our emotion in our tissues. And as you know, you know, doing a pelvic exam on someone that has a history of sexual abuse sometimes can take you half an hour. Yes. Trauma is still in the body. Well, that mm -hmm. doesn't make sense if they've been in therapy for, for 10 years. So how do we kind of make that connection so the body, you know, and there's a book called The Body Keeps Score, and I think mm -hmm. that's which is that there's a relationship between our thoughts and what happens physically for us. And for those women that are out there that also are saying, you know, oh, my God, my thighs today or my whatever it is that we're saying that's negative, it probably is not the greatest because our body does believe every word we say. So it's shifting that, and I'll work with my patients also about, you know, in the morning, oh, my God, I'm so stressed out. I'm going up. Like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. How do we shift even those little words that you're using so that we really are able to kind of help that with respect to cortisol as well? Right. Yeah, I think I think that that's huge. Um, and the, the, the cortisol issues do become very chronic, relapsing, brittle <laughs> to when, when there are these issues. And so they do need to be dealt with. I love that you help people with that. I did want to ask you, since weight is something that you, is one of your particular expertise areas, there's a movement lately that they call themselves big, beautiful women, supersize, over 350 pounds. I actually interviewed one on the podcast a couple months ago because I just wanted to um, get her thoughts on it. She's become a social media leader. And... She apparently has no health problems, quote unquote, um, per her doctor, and she probably has the best self-esteem of anyone I've ever met. And so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. How do you counsel patients who might be 350 pounds and say, I'm happy this way and I'm fine? What, what are your thoughts on that? I leave them alone. I mean, if that's truly, truly the truth, I, you know, I would be suspicious. Um, but I, if that's what she wants, you know, hallelujah. I mean, that's what all women are really looking for is to feel really good about themselves. I have some concerns about health issues with that, mm -hmm. primarily because what we know more than we ever have before is that the, the additional body fat works like an you know, additional endocrine system. Right. A huge amount of hormonal cascading that may be going on that she may have problems with later in life. But if she's truly happy and she's not having any health implications, good for her. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that many of those women, however, when, and this is a study. Do you know anything about the study that was done by Filetti beforehand? Because no, I don't know that one. He started out with the reason he did this study is he was working with very overweight people, 100 pounds or more. They were all losing weight because he did a, a, a liquid diet with them, and 50% were dropping out. So he started interviewing them, and one of the women, he said to her, he wanted to ask her how old was she when she was sexually active, and what he said is how much do you weigh? Or did you weigh? And she said 30 pounds. So he obviously dug into that. And then he started interviewing so many of his patients. And he found that 80 to plus percent had been sexually abused. Mm -hmm. And so that that's kind of the question. So that, you know, that's obviously for this particular woman, not my business. And she's very happy. And that's, that's wonderful. 
and there are, I'm sure, many people. I don't see them in my practice. I see most of my patients in my practice that have 100 pounds to lose or more. I really want to figure out what's the answer to this. Mm -hmm. How do I have, number one, normal eating habits, and how do I do this in a different way? But honestly, if she's happy, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's incredible. I don't think it's true for a lot of the people that I see. That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I, not in my experience, too. That's why I said she was, she's really something special. She has great self-esteem and very happy. So we've covered a lot of topics. You have so much information on your website. I'd love for people to check out. And your books are wonderful. We discussed them um, in the introduction. What um, would be your top three take-home tips, take action tips that women listening could take today to start have, having better adrenal health? Uh, food. Food is the most powerful drug we have, is, you know, getting rid of processed foods, you know, looking at the dirty dozen and really finding a way for you to have a relationship with food that feels wonderful. So having food that you love and that you enjoy that's also, you know, organic as much as possible. And that you're having adequate protein and not processed foods. That would be one thing. That you find ways to take time for yourself, even if it's just taking a minute twice a day to breathe and to put your plant your feet on the ground if you can. Find ways to nourish yourself. It's all about self-care because we're so bad as women because we're multitasking with our families, with our kids, with the jobs, with our friends, with our relationships, with our work. It's like, oh, my God. But finding ways to do things that you absolutely love. For me, it's dance. For you, it's other things. Is it yoga? Is it something that you can do? And not stress yourself out trying to find out what that additional thing is. And then also it's being part of nature. It's really getting out wherever you are to, to be connected in some way to the spirit behind all of this. Whatever your beliefs are is to stay connected with that. And also understand that our stories, if we don't deal with them, they will deal with us. Right. Absolutely. That's wonderful information. Um, food, time for ourselves, deal with your story or it will deal with you. Absolutely. And people can find out more at marcelpick.com. And we will have, we'll have the link in the show notes. And uh, the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. You certainly exemplify Her Brilliant Health. I'd love if you could share with everyone what that means to you. Um, it means being personally accountable to myself. It means um, certainly dancing a whole lot for me. And it means walking my talk, which is that if I'm going to ask my patients to do something, that I'm going to do it myself. And I also believe that as we get older, we actually can get better. And we don't have to be as our culture sees us to be, especially women in their 60s. You know, we're considered, you know, like over the hill or whatever. And men are in their prime. Well, women are starting to now be glorious in their 50s and 60s. And that's what it's all about. So we can change at any point and transform at any point during our lives. Well, you certainly are an example of that. And thank you for sharing this wonderful information and for all the work that you do for women and their health. Thank you so much for being here, Marcel. Yeah, you're so welcome. <laughs> thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. 
If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.